Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. For a touchdown earlier in a direct snap. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge. Sonny Michelle will send the Dogs home to the championship game. Fifty-three and a half yard drive near hash. Kick right. Snap. Hold. Kick is away. It's reaching. And it is good. 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 Hot pot does it. All right. Hot pot. Fox with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel Troop. All right. Welcome in. It is a very special edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Also, you can see me right here on Brinks TV. Uh, follow us on YouTube, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcast. You can uh, you can check us out. Uh, if you want of all of our information, it is scrolling down underneath. Um, as you can see at this moment, I am solo, but my help is on the way. So you don't have to hear me drill on for about 50 minutes, but uh, joining me here in a little while is Israel troop. And we have a very special guest that will be a surprise. So, um, and, and he is uh, in actually in the waiting room right now, but again, we are the believe in Georgia dogs podcast. We are presented by BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year again. It is week one of college football and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivor contest, which is open now at bet online. So head to the website, or you can use your mobile device to sign up today, receive your hundred percent welcome bonus, take advantage of the opening day, super promo, which means you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the super bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL 100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I see him. He is here. It is Dane Young from UGASports.com. And Israel's going to be joining us here in a little bit. Dane, how's it going, man? It's been a while. It has been, uh, but the season's here and excited to chat with you as always, Corey. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely, man. And uh, at Dane Young on Twitter uh, is a great follow and all of the stuff that they have to offer on UGA sports.com. Dane, uh, that Kirk, that Kirk Herb street uh, article and, and spot on, on y'all's podcast was outstanding. So I got to give you a tip of the cap on that one. I appreciate that. I mean, so much of the credit has to go to head coach Jim Don and, and his right. 
vast network of connections. I joke with them that eventually I'm going <laughs> to, you know, have to bring in my heavy hitters as well, but my friends are probably not as a uh, big name as some of his, but it, man, you look it. at some of the talent that we've had come through our uh, feed, whether on our mm-hmm. YouTube channel or our podcast feed, however people consume our stuff. Mm-hmm. It's Kirk Roof Street and Paul Feinbaum, Houston Nutt, Bruce Feldman. We had Dabo Swinney the month oh, wow. before the game uh, mm-hmm. ahead of Georgia. I mean, the fact that you get Kirk Herb Street for half an hour the week of, of Georgia Clemson, it's pretty crazy. Absolutely. So um, yeah, I, our audience has responded well to it. I think some of the Georgia fans were wanting Kirk <laughs> to be a little bit more complimentary of Georgia. Uh, but the fact is this is a loaded Clemson team too. So yeah, uh, I look, mean, I get it. It's there's, there's enough compliments to go around on both sides and someone's got to win and someone's got to lose. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, that they're loaded too. There's a reason why they're in the top five and their national championship perpetually forever, yeah, perpetually yeah. forever. Their national championship contenders now and forever. Uh, they're going to continue to dominate the ACC as they always have. And it, I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter that they lose Trevor Lawrence, but I mean, DJ Ungulalele is, and I'm pretty sure I butchered that. Um, but uh, Ungulalele, I've really Ungulale. worked hard. Ungulalele, you've been practicing, haven't you? Ui Ungulalele. Ui Ungulalele. So Ui. then say it quick. Ui Ungulalele. Ui Ungulalele. I'm gonna get Ui that. Ungulalele. Yeah. Ungulalele. Okay, this is. Hey, uh, look, we all got tongue of Aloha, right? So yeah, we'll, tongue, we'll tongue of Aloha. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen for me. Just give it time. By, by the time we get to the national championship game and the rematch between Georgia and Clemson, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll have it down. So uh, yeah, a uh, big game this weekend. There's a lot of big matchups this weekend. Um, you know, obviously uh, Georgia and Clemson headline uh, for, for this show, but uh, Bama and Miami, we'll talk about that in the, in the pick section of this show. We'll, we'll kind of give a brief preview on that LSU UCLA is a matchup that gets real interesting um, LSU Ole Miss. So some good conference games, uh, Tennessee kicks it off this, this week in a couple of days, actually on, on Thursday. So I'm actually could be a excited bumpy about ride that. there. It could be a bumpy ride. You never Tennessee in those opening games, man, especially Ooh, with yeah. the talent on its roster. I, I don't know anything about Bowling Green, but I know Tennessee is uh, prone for early upsets. Well, well, Israel and I talked about that last talked about Bowling Green last week and, or no, I, maybe it was on my sec after dark show. I can't remember exactly what show it was, but uh, uh, that's where Bowling green belongs is sec after dark. Yes. <laughs> maybe they, Tennessee too, for that we, matter. We looked at their roster. They, they, they lost everybody in the transfer portal. So they're just like Tennessee. Uh, but the, the, the problem is, is they, they don't have any talent there. They're like, well, at least we know that they're a real school and not the, uh, with a high school that, that faked uh, its way into the IMG game. Well, they're they're not very far ahead of Bishop Sycamore. So <laughs> at this point, so, you know, they might as well be playing Bishop Sycamore. So that's a down of mine. That's a hilarious story in and of itself, but I, I can't believe that that, that went down and that was able to, you know, I can't believe they went up against the IMG. Um, they didn't, I mean, they were there, but they didn't really go up against them. They, they, kind of got pushed around out of the way. But look, most teams are going to look that way against IMG. IMG's got questionable practices on if it's an actual school as well. It's just in the opposite direction of like, are they really doing academics here? Because it it, it appears the priority is not really that. It's they they get the bare minimum. They're like the soccer academies, but for football. Yeah. Soccer academies, they they basically just they they have a traveling tutor and then just kind of how they roll. Which, I mean, if you look at some of the recent IMG guys, I don't really see a ton of like 
superstar NFL kids. So like there's a lot of good college players, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not a for sure thing. You get IMG and then all of a sudden you're a top 10 pick. It's, no, it's that, that track record's it. not there yet. Well, it's far from it no matter where you go. Cause the NFL is a tip of the sword. So, I mean, it doesn't, there's no telling. I mean, you could, you could be like Keelan Cole and make a career out of Kentucky Wesleyan, or you can be, you know, obviously Mac Jones be the third string quarterback two, two years ago. And now the starter for the Patriots. So you never know. Did you see my tweet about the Mac Jones thing? I did not. Okay. I, that's, I wanted to ask, cause I just want to tell the joke again, cause obviously <laughs> Mac Jones is the starter. Cam Newton gets cut. Yeah. And so Alabama's going to claim another national championship based off of that. <laughs> Yes, they probably will. They absolutely will. Uh, because, because he, he bumped out an Auburn guy too. Exactly. That, make, that makes it even more special. That's the iron bowl that you, you know, I guess we're a few months away from it, but that's, that's the NFL iron bowl right there. Yeah, right. There you go. I mean, iron, iron bowl, iron bowl in August, three Alabama NFL starting quarterbacks for week one, all on the same roster at one point. That's insane. All on the same roster. And and then if you go running backs, <clears throat> Najee Harris is going to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry's a starter. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a starter. Damian Harris is a starter. So that's four off the top of my head. And I may be missing someone. Yeah, we probably are, but I mean, it's, it's insane nonetheless. So, but uh, let's, let's get into this game, uh, Georgia at Clemson. Uh, lots of, lots of, uh, lots of exciting things to talk about Dane uh, when, when it comes to these two teams, uh, the quarterback position being the number one uh, Herb street said he's impressed with JT Daniels decision-making what else about JT Daniels? Uh, what else does he bring to the table? Do you think uh, the main thing is the decision-making he's experienced a lot in football. He's a really bright guy. He's a smart guy. And so I, I think he'll have command of the offense having a full year under Todd Munkin working in that system together, I think is only beneficial for everyone in terms of his arm. I think the main thing is that he can make the downfield throws. He's got every bit of arm that you need for downfield passing, which has been questionable for Georgia. Um, you asked me all about the good things that that's probably most of the good things there is that he's going to keep the offense in a positive position and he can take the deep shot and potentially strike on those, uh, when they're available. So that that's the upside with JT Daniel. Do you think, do you think his deep ball is going to be better now that his knee is fully hundred percent? I don't know that. I mean, yeah, you need your lower body to push off of, but his knee was, was good enough to do that last year. He didn't have a problem. Yeah, it was more about accuracy over through some guys. Um, I would think more times with these receivers probably has helped that. Uh, the main thing with JT Daniels is going to be protecting the football. So if there's a concern, it's protecting the ball. And then a lot of that stems from his lack of mobility. And so, you know, you think of the traditional, it's not traditional, um, I guess, except for recent years, but the RPO game, he's yeah. not a threat to run it there. So it's no. going to be really quick decisions where I'm either going to hand this off or I'm dumping it off to the quickest tight end or receiver that I can, because I know I'm not a running threat and that stalls out the offense from there. Uh, I mean, you know, way more about schematic football than I do, but you take out the running threat in the run pass option. And uh, mm. it, it, yeah, that, that takes out a third of the possible play and that's where college football is right now. So yeah. he is limited in that aspect. So he's going to have to be, I think against a team like Clemson and I'd say the same against an Alabama or an Ohio state, he's going to have to be virtually perfect uh, with his deep balls and he cannot put it in harm's way. That's the main thing that I'm afraid of for him. Because if you go back to those USC days where most of his game film was from, that was a problem at USC. It wasn't at Georgia. I just think that's small sample size against yeah. not the best opponents. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, again, just pocket mobility, pocket awareness, and, and just being able to get the ball out quickly on time is going to be something that he's going to have to focus on. Uh, you know, you, we know the running game is going to be great. You know, you have a four-headed monster there. Uh, but part of the RPO game uh, that's very popular is using the tight end position. Uh, one which Georgia took a hit on with Darnell Washington. What's the update on, on Darnell uh, and, and uh, Fitzpatrick and, and Bowers? Are, are they going to be able to kind of fill that void? Uh, Fitzpatrick is going to play, which is big for Georgia. That's probably the biggest news of the week. I would say he had a couple injuries in the off season, uh, a foot sprain, ankle sprain, somewhere in there uh, that he's been trying to overcome mainly for blocking purposes. He was needed because Darnell Washington Kirby says he's healing and he's fine. He's not going to play. You don't have the surgery that he had so close to the season and be ready to play week one. I'm actually thinking he's probably about a month away. Uh, it could be a little sooner depends on his recovery, but I don't know if you want to rush it with a big guy like him, especially no, with the way the schedule sets up. You, you need him ready for Florida and, and the stretch, Auburn. The stretch run. Cause it's going to be, that's going to be an important stretch of games. Yeah, no, you're right yeah, on that. Absolutely. And so then you're looking at Georgia, which was really deep at tight end, especially when, you know, Gilbert came and he's not with the team right now, all of a sudden it's down to John Fitzpatrick and a true freshman and Brock Bowers yeah. and Bowers has created a reputation we haven't seen anything from it. So right. I, I would keep those expectations low against a team like Clemson. I'm sure he can contribute, but John Fitzpatrick and blocking and knowing where he needs to be and helping on backside stuff. He's going to be JT Daniels, best friend. Absolutely. And, and uh, going up against this Clemson defense, what, what, what are some of their biggest problems that they pose? I mean, I, I know uh, breezy and uh, Skalski are, are, are two guys that can really, really make things hard and difficult on the, from the defensive front perspective. But like, when you look at this Clemson defense, like what, what really stand besides those two, obviously what really stands out to you on this? I mean, I think it starts with defensive line. The other guy that I would throw in there is miles Murphy and you know, George is likely going with Cedric van Pran at center with Warren Erickson having a snap with his opposite hand. And so that's a bit of a concern. I would think that, I mean, Van Pran did play some last year, mm -hmm. mostly in, in mop up time, but you're saying, Hey man, first big time start. Here you go. Here's Clemson's yeah, right. defensive line. <laughs> it's only one of the best two or three in the sport, and, but the opposite's also true that, you know, Clemson's got interior offensive line struggles and there's Jordan Davis on the other side. Good yeah. luck with that. Not only there's going to be a lot, Davis, but you know, you have Wyatt and, um, Trevon Walker and all those Jaylen guys Carter's and gets in Carter there. and God almighty. It just, I mean, we can keep going with the list. It's, it's insane. Um, but what, what about the secondary for Clemson? Is it going to be, or we're going to have shots over the top with them. Ohio state did Notre did. I don't see why Georgia couldn't, yep. you know, if anything, I would say um, it's an experienced secondary, but I mean, it's an experienced secondary. They gave up a ton of yards and points to, yep. to good offenses. And Georgia has the potential to have a good offense. The, look, this is going to come down to, to two main things. Can Daniels protect the ball? And if that's the case, is Georgia aggressive on offense? Because you're not going to beat Clemson scoring 24 points. You're not oh, going to yeah. beat Clemson scoring two offensive touchdowns like Georgia did in the Peach Bowl against Cincinnati. And that was with George Pickens and Darnell right. Washington. I know a lot of other pieces were gone by that point, right. especially on the offensive line. Uh, but Georgia's going to have to score points here. I mean, you got to think high thirties or forties in games like this, any recent yeah. top five games say that that level of offense is required. 
And that puts a lot on JT Daniels. That puts a lot on Georgia's receivers. And that also puts a lot on the secondaries and Clemson has shown that even though it's experienced, uh, they have problems as well in, in overall coverage. And I don't know that that's a shot against Clemson. I just think that's a status of how dynamic offenses have gotten yeah, and yeah. Georgia may have lagged a bit behind in some of that, but look, if you're taking the next step and you're going to make the playoff this year, you have to do that. You have to be able to be a downfield threat. Now outside of Pickens, is this receiving core full, fully functional now? For the most part, I think they would feel better if Karis Jackson had another couple of weeks, though I do expect him to play. If for some reason he's played that knee bothers him at all, you're looking at a guy like Lad McConkey maybe stepping in there oh. in the slot and maybe some punt return stuff. I think they're comfortable with Arian Smith in spots, but probably not with the totality of the offense. So in a perfect world, which I think it's as close to can be, you're going to have three receivers on the field most of the time. And, and that's going to be Jermaine Burton and Marcus Rosemey Jackson and Karis Jackson. Beyond that, we'll have to see if it's Arian Smith. Does a uh, AD Mitchell pop his way in there for a couple of plays? I mean, from everything I've read, I, I think, I think AD is, I think he's, he's gotta be the guy, right? Maybe. I mean, I, mean, I do think a guy like McConkey could be really useful against Clemson. I mean, it's almost, um, you know, having that, that slot guy that's got good hands and yeah. I mean, he's a good athlete too. I don't want to like rob him of that just frankly, because he's the white wide receiver. So you paint him yeah. as a, a Renfro or Edelman, <laughs> like he's a good athlete. You don't get to that point without being that. Right. Um, the, the thing I worry about with a guy like Mitchell is he's never blocked in college before, you know, at least McConkey has had a year. He's, he's a retro freshman, right? AD yeah. Mitchell's at spring and summer. And then now it's fall. So he's blocked in practice, but like, uh, to me that that may set him up for a little bit of failure if he's got to help in some of the run game blocking. And that's where I think, look, look I, people have asked me who's got to play well to win this game. And the obvious answer is, is JT Daniel. But the, the second piece of that, I think is Marcus Rosemary Jackson, because I think he's the key to George's offense. He is the receiver that must have that breakout. Hey, I, I can show flashes of being a first or second round pick in my future. And this is the kind of game where that can get started. We yeah. saw a bit of that against Florida at the beginning of last season, but it was so short lived because of his injury. Yeah. I mean, that was such a brutal, brutal injury. And um, it, I, I can't, you know, I, some of the videos we saw uh, over the summer of him working out and making some of these giant one-handed catches are, were, were absolutely outstanding. So, um, but to, uh, to, I hate to cut my point short, but joining us is the man, the myth and the legend, the Mr. Israel troop, man, Israel coming fresh off of a coaches meeting and fresh off a 36 to nothing thrashing of Appling County, man. What's up? <laughs> What's going on, man? Actually, the Eppling game was 42 to 6, not, not for everybody. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we got the, uh, we got a little revenge nice. on somebody from the whipping we took the week before. Honey, um, any time Friday, so look at that. Well, the storm is coming, right? So, um, well, we're talking, uh, we're talking offensive football yeah, yeah, here. We're talking a uh, position that you may or may not be familiar with. Oh yeah, you are the wide receiver position. So, um, we're talking about, uh, a, a lad, <laughs> a young lad named lad McConkey, actually Israel, uh, as Dane mentioned him as being a possible playmaker, but, mm -hmm. 
This is going to be a big key to this game, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the receiver play this week is going to be Defense is going to be tough. They're going to bring pressure to get the ball. I out. think okay, so. Receivers getting, um, you know, sort of. You know, maybe. Heard Brent Venables. Yeah, Brent. Brent, Brent Venables nice. must have cut down your cell phone tower there. <laughs> he heard you talking about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can y'all hear me now? We got a storm coming through down here. Yeah, we got it's a not storm just your coming through down here, so it probably cut me off a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, the receiver play is going to be really important this week. Oh no, this storm. This storm is definitely coming here. So. But yeah, it's gonna be gonna be good. I think if um we get some playmakers getting the ball, JT gets the ball out, we get some great old line play is is gonna be the key to win this football and, game. And Sawyer's at uh, left tackle will be confirmed, right? To start this game. Yeah, what we were told was that uh Sawyer is probably gonna be at left tackle and then you'll have Van Pran at center. Though I will say I would expect that if there is a quick issue with the center of Georgia's line, let's say Breezy and, and Murphy and company can give Van Pran trouble. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a quick shift to get Sawyer in there as the experienced guy and then go with someone else on the outside, uh, just because that's the fastest path to the quarterback and JT Daniels has to stay upright. Mm-hmm. If he's on the ground in this game, then Georgia will not be victorious. Yeah. Or if the backs can't mm-hmm. get going either. Right. So. Um, I'm really excited about Kendall Milton this year. I'm really excited to see kind of what game, what kind of game he has. We know Zamir is going to be good. We know Cook's going to be good and dynamic. I, I think that I think this offense can support three dynamic running backs and a good di- dynamic passing game. I think we're that electric this year, and even up to four as, as Dane is, is flashing up. He's fl- he's giving me the four. Um, you're missing Kenny McIntosh. That guy's a playmaker. Yes, yes, he, he is. Yes, indeed. So four, so four great running backs are going to have great seasons for, for the dogs, man. I'm excited about that. You just made my day, Dane. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't give him enough credit. So yeah. Kenny, Kenny well, let, me ask, and, let, let me ask Israel, like if you have that many running backs and George is in a u- unique position where I think they all kind of specialize in something different. If you could package it together in one person, mm-hmm. you have a, a top five pick in the NFL, but when you have different skill sets with those guys as a play caller, how do you decide who to use where mm-hmm. and when? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure uh Munkin has a a thing on his call sheet to what they do well. So you know if it's third and one, you actually know who's going in the ball. Zamir's getting the ball. You know, if it's a if it's a swing pass, you know Cook's gonna get the ball. You know, and then you got a stable, you got Dejan Edwards, you got McIntosh, you got all those guys who specialize in something different. So it's basically about putting them in the right situations. Um, each each coordinator, I know Corey does too, has a set of plays to where each quarterback does something well. You know, so like I said, if it's third and one, fourth and inches, you know, Zamir's getting the ball. Everybody in the state of knows he's, he's getting the ball. You know, now you can flex Cook out. Now you got Zamir and Cook in the game. Now you got Kenny McIntosh and Cook and Zamir in the game. So now you got so many different formations so they're in different ways to get all those guys in the game and coach mm-hmm. mcgee does a great job playing those guys and rotating so it wouldn't surprise me to you know see all five of them play 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like if, if you're asking favorite. me on my play call sheet, I'm, 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 I'm putting James Cook on the on the seam. I'm giving him jet sweeps. I run him a couple times inside the tackle just to keep him honest. But I'm I'm running outside zone with him, RPO stuff, putting him out wide even and getting him matched up. I mean, there's so many creative things you can do with James Cook. He he is the most versatile weapon that we have. Um, I really like the screen game with McIntosh. Um, and I like the in, in, in between the tackles and uh, off tackle stuff with Milton and, and Zamir. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Milton can, I think Milton can do a little bit of everything and Kenny McIntosh can kind of do a little bit of everything as well. Um, so those guys are more all around better backs uh, than, you know, cook and, and Zamir. Uh, I think, I think Zamir is, uh, you know, kind of the, kind of the bruiser. Like if we get in the four minute drill, I'm definitely heavy dose of Zamir white. Um and, and Kendall Milton, if we're in, you know, if we're in hurry up mode, if we're in two minute, or mm-hmm. if it's just a situation where pedals to the metal and we're going, I'm, I'm going James Cook, McIntosh, those guys. And, and so, you know, just depending on the situation, but I mean, you know, honestly, all of them can do different things. I mean, they're all good at, you know, but we're mm-hmm. my favorite, my favorite weapon to use would be James Cook because of the versatility that he has in the run game on the perimeter off tackle and in the passing game as well. He can be that slot receiver mm-hmm. that you need to kind of fill a void until some of those other guys get comfortable. I think one thing to consider too is that that's definitely that's what like I use when, my little when you look back at, for. When you look at LSU and Alabama in the recent yeah, years, yeah. and look, those are legendary college offenses. They got a lead through the air early, and then they laid the hammer down with the power running game. And so, as as much as it's going to be tempting to lean on Zamir White early because you know that that's a safe thing to do, saving him for the fourth quarter with a lead is probably George's best chance once you get late in the game, because yeah. he doesn't fumble the ball. He's going to get three yards. Mm-hmm. It, like it's, he's going to keep you near the chains rather than wearing him out early in the game. Yeah. I think that's a great, I think that's a great thing there. And and just, just coming out pedal to the floor. I mean, I, I think when you look at how exactly. Kirby is kind of designed these scrimmages and, and the G day game and all the stuff that we see leading up to it, there's, there's about a million and a half hints that, that, that he's going to just say, not, not that he doesn't already say that, but you know, he's got to be like, has his hand around the offense a little bit, you know, and, and, and squeezing it a little bit and saying, okay, we got to be conservative, play defense and win. But all these clues lately are pointing to, okay, Monken, put that pedal down to the floor and let's roll. Do you, do you see any of that Dane? or Israel? I mean, I know Israel, you and I have talked mm-hmm. about this ad nauseum, but Dane, do you see any of that? Do you see any of those clues? Man, I, I, I definitely Dang, see it. Do you see it? I see it enough to where now, you know, we're, we're getting to the That's point good. of the Alabama deal. I, I see some potential of it, but, you know, I, I think Georgia fans as a whole need to kind of see it happen before. I, I think there's some fear deep down in the soul of like Georgia gets conservative in big games to keep mm-hmm. it close and try to win with defense and the power running game. And that's Georgia's identity for a long, long time. But it's also one reason Georgia hasn't quite been able to get where it wants to get to in the last five, four or five years. And so I see that potential being there. And I do think that Todd Munkin has that in his repertoire. I think that's what he wants to do. I think what everyone needs to really understand, though, is that when it comes time to make a call, it's Kirby's team. Kirby's going to make that call. So where is Kirby philosophically? and what he wants to do in those situations. And, and I'm not saying he's been wrong in 
previous times. Like last year, the quarterback situation was so wild. I think Georgia was smart to be conservative because you don't, you know, at least get as far as they did without that. Um, so, but this year it should be a little bit different with the stability at quarterback, mm-hmm. a deeper room at wide receiver. I wouldn't necessarily say there's more talent than last year, just based on injuries, but it's at least a deeper position right now. So what happens when Kirby needs to make a call? Does he let Munkin do what he wants to do in that spot? Or I think as you guys would attest to a head coach makes those calls I think, and whether that's right, wrong or indifferent, you disagree head coach that's their decision in that moment it's their team they do what they want to do exactly and and we we i i hope um my hope and and my gut instinct tells me that he's mm-hmm. going to be a little more aggressive because he's seen it the last two years and he's not dumb so and he might be a little stubborn but he's not dumb but i mean i guess what i'm saying is we saw in real time nick saban make this philosophical shift i mean it happened 3 or 4 years ago i mean derrick henry when he left whatever reason alabama changed with jalen hurts and and tua and it's something saban did not want to do he he would have preferred to be safer with the football don't put it at risk and tua tungavaloa was a turnover risk for sure but it worked out for alabama because of the immense talent both with he and and at wide receiver and then just great coaching from lane kiffin and steve sarkisian and um, you know that that shift happened for Nick Saban. Yeah. If, if he can do that, then Kirby can do that too. The question is, has he? And I guess we'll all find out together. Now, defensively for Georgia coming into this game, um, of course, loaded in the front seven. I'm excited across the board with the linebacking position with Adam Anderson and Nicobe Dean and Nolan Smith and Quay Walker and you know you name you name the linebackers. I'm excited to see him. Uh, you look at the secondary. I'm actually excited to see if these guys are going to just cut loose and, and, and just play ball. I, I think they will. I think with this front seven, they're going to be able to. Um, and, and I think with this secondary, they take, they get a little pressure taken off of them because of Jordan Davis and that front seven. Is that a question for me or? Yeah. Like- I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, what, what do you, what do you think? They're letting the boys play. What do you think? Is that accurate? <laughs> the position I'm concerned about on defense is star. And I say this because if you go back to last season, who's the starter star, Mark Webb, he goes to the NFL early. He, he could have come back and been a super senior chose not to. Mm-hmm. So I guess it didn't go early, but it didn't take the opportunity to come back. Yeah. Tyreek Stevenson was his backup. Well, Tyreek Stevenson is now at Miami. All right. So you're down to who's next. They bring in Tyke Smith to have a competition with Latavius Brini from what everything we were told, Brini was probably going to win that competition anyway, although it was going to be pretty tight to the end of camp. Now with um, Tyke Smith out, it's Brini's spot. I'm a little bit concerned about coverage skills for Latavius Brini. I've seen him in run pursuit and sideline to sideline. He's an athlete, so I'm not worried about that, but I'm, I'm a bit concerned with coverage skills there because if you go back to the last six months of Georgia, he's now the what third or fourth option at that position. Yeah. That's a little scary. Yeah, um, I'm not concerned about Darion Kendrick. He'll be hyped for this game. He's played in big games. I'm not concerned for Keely Ringo because he's such a great athlete. I expect mm-hmm. he'll get burned on something. It'll, We'll see if Clemson takes advantage of it, but I mean, he, he hasn't played full-time college football yet other than against Georgia. And so he's not going to be perfect in this game. There'll be an opportunity there. Um, so, you know, I think for Georgia's defense, one reason you're hearing about Adam Anderson at star on running downs is because maybe Latavius, like that's a position of concern. 
And if you have a position of depth at linebacker and one of those guys can help play star sometimes, you know, all of a sudden you're like, is Anderson kind of like Ogletree a little bit from, from about a decade ago? Maybe so. That'd be great for Georgia. That would be right. Israel. I mean, I think it's, you get a dynamic playmaker like that in space. I mean, it makes it difficult. Yes. I know. I know. I look on my call sheet. Man, I can't yeah. believe that was a de- was almost a decade ago with Ogletree. <laughs> with Ogletree, that was a, that and really that's when I was in college. Yeah, I, I graduated in, in but, uh, 2011. Yeah, seen, like I said, <laughs> yeah, me too. Have, have y'all seen? Like I said, we talked about this last week. Have you seen Adam Anderson? Oh my God, that kid! I mean, he he's grown up. I mean, when you think about putting a linebacker at star, that means mm-hmm. he can run. He can hit and he can cover, you know? So when you're talking about doing things yeah, like that, that you should he's been extra dedicated too, because I would say his first two years at Georgia, there was no way he could be an every down player because he could not put on weight. He was way too thin for sec football for, for every down kind of thing. And mm-hmm. he has worked on his body and he's still not where he mm-hmm. wants to be weight wise in terms of like pro potential. He, I think he'd rather put on another 15 or 20 pounds, but if he's going to be running out there at star, maybe it's better that he's not, um, you know, the main thing, is, is he got, is he strong enough physically? And he's worked mm-hmm. on the core to do that, to be able to, to do it as he's Ojolari did last year. And then yeah. more because Ojolari didn't drop back in coverage very much. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, that'll be, that'll be fun to kind of see how they use him uh, throughout the course of, of the night, you know, first, first down, second down, third down long stuff like that situationally. What, what does that look like for Adam Anderson? What does that look like for even Nolan Smith? What does it look like for Brini? What does it look like for those defensive front guys? So I'm interested to see that Dane and, and how the progression of, of how situationally they're going to use some of these guys. I mean, cause, cause uh, Kirby and landing are known to, to rotate guys in. So, um, you well, know, and with Anderson, don't make the mistake now. He's a pass rusher, and he's one of the best in the country, one of the best that Georgia's had in a while. So mm-hmm. if there's a chance that the quarterback can be rushed, he's going to have his hand in the ground, and he's going to be going quick. So, that you know, we can talk about all this star mm-hmm. stuff, and that's cool he's able to do it. And that's not what he's on that defense for. He's going for, for sacks, and yeah. that that's going to be required against a guy. I mean, you see Uyunglele? I mean, there, there's – Uyunglele. Uyunglele. Yeah. If Uyunglele. you look at that guy, yeah. he's big. He can move. There, are, we need to see more of it before I. This is one of the best quarterbacks in college football history, so I'm not trying to give him these expectations. But like, just in terms of body size and arm, mm-hmm. there's some Cam Newton potential in that guy. There is, and they're they're going to have to zero in on him. They're going to gang tackle this guy. So, um, any surprises on the defense? Mm-hmm. In, in, anybody that that might not be on anybody's radar that you think is going to get a lot of a lot of time, a lot of show. I mean, I, I think the surprises is that some of the longtime backups are, are now starters, right? So, like, just in the totality of the program, Christopher Smith relying on him, Latavius mm-hmm. Brini relying on him. In, in the era of the transfer portal, those are guys that you probably expect to be at, you know, um, North Texas or Troy or, or something like that. And they stuck around and, and they've been rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. So, maybe that's not necessarily a surprise. If you're looking for like names that you don't hear a lot about, I think you're probably looking at, 
the third and fourth corners. If something were to happen there, Clemson really decides to spread the field. And that's probably another one of those guys in mere speed getting some play out there. Uh, if you're looking beyond that, you're probably getting into to Jalen Kimber. And then one of the true freshmen that at least has been making a name for himself in practice. And I'm always wary of that for first game stuff, uh, maybe later in the year, but Kamari Lasseter, that's a name that yeah. we've heard just as a, a really athletic skill guy. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises. And I think if there are surprises that that probably means things weren't going the way you want to, because everything for this cleansing game is pretty darn planned out by this point. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's take a look at the game as a whole uh, before we get into our uh, selections for, uh, for this weekend. I'll start with you, Israel. Um, You know, uh, overall, how do you see this game playing out? If we can keep JT upright and we can score and keep scoring, I don't see this as a blowout. I'm looking at maybe, maybe 38, 24, 37, 24, something like that. You know, um, just from, I feel like we have more weapons than they do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see, you know, once the game starts, you know, cause you got a lot of guys who are talented, but I haven't had that SEC, ACC, mm-hmm. big game experience. Game day is going to be there. So, I mean, you know, that's a big thing. Um, New Jersey's different atmosphere. You're not playing at Sanford Stadium. You're not playing at Clemson. You know, you're playing at an NFL stadium now. So does that come into effect? So if we play our ball, I see it, you know, 38-24, something like that. You know, I do see it, you know, being a two-score game if we play like we're supposed to. Now, that's predicated on how the game goes, you know. Can our defense stop them? You know, can we stop DJ from throwing the ball downfield? Can we stop the run? You know they're going to come out. They're going to run power and counter and some power read at you, a little bit of zone. They're going to try to throw the ball downfield. So everything goes right, you know, maybe 38, 31. I did a data analysis article over at ugasports.com. I think it was last week and maybe in the week before. And what I did is I went and looked back at the games between top five teams over the last four seasons. It happens more frequently than it used to because of the playoff, obviously. So there have been 21 games in the last four seasons between teams that are both ranked in the top five. And I looked at the quarterbacks in those games and where they eventually were drafted in the NFL draft. A couple of them still in college at this point as a whole, it's a first round pick that wins those games and a, a guy that's usually like fourth or fifth round pick that loses those games. Mm-hmm. The only exception to where someone that wasn't a first round pick beat someone that was a first round pick was Jake Fromm in the Rose bowl against Baker Mayfield. And so it's possible, but it's unlikely that the less talented quarterback, or at least the less consistent quarterback in terms of, of future NFL standing is going to win the game. So pretty much the way I broke this down, which team has the quarterback that's more likely to be a future top five pick, which team has the quarterback that's more likely to be the fourth or fifth round project. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for Georgia, I think you would prefer to have the quarterback situation reversed. And I think Uli Unglele has more talent. And so to me, history says Clemson has an advantage in this game because it has a more talented quarterback, Mm -hmm. which means Georgia has more to overcome and will need to be virtually perfect to win the game. So uh, Georgia can win this game. I do not expect Georgia to win this game. Okay. I, I think Georgia can, I think Georgia brings a lot more speed than they've had in, in the past as well. I, I think that offensively they have a chance to overwhelm 
Clemson, especially Clemson secondary with some downfield shots and some, uh, some jet sweeps and, and really kind of getting the ball out on the edge and the perimeter. Um, so I, I think if they can utilize that, if they can protect JT Daniels, I think they're going to have shots down the field. Um, I think this front seven is going to be a big factor in overcoming this quarterback deficit uh, that you speak of. I, I think that they have some true disruptors along that defensive line, somebody that can push the pocket from the middle Two people. I think that can push the pocket from the middle and Devonte Wyatt and, and, uh, and of course, Jordan Davis. Uh, then you have Nolan Smith and Adam Anderson coming off the edges and don't discount the other guys um, on, uh, as the four techniques and don't discount the aggressiveness that with this ta- the talent of this front seven that you're going to be able to have with some quarterback pressures. So I think that's going to be a huge factor there. Can you disrupt the timing of big Cinco? If you can, you're going to be successful. And I think this defense has the talent mm-hmm. to do so. Um, and, and I think it's going to be a close game because Clemson's also going to have the ability to disrupt uh, some of the timing of JT Daniels. So quick passing, uh, being able to get the ball out on the edge. I don't think you're going to have much on the inside, but getting being able to win the perimeter with screens, jet sweeps, things like that, I, I think is going to be the biggest difference for, for, uh, for Georgia. And I, I think they're going to win 42-38. Um, I think it's going to be one of those uh, back and forth games. Georgia scores late uh, to take the lead. Uh, This is going to be one of those exciting football games down the stretch. There's not really going to be a loser. It's just going to be one team that just happens to be behind in the score at the end of the game. Uh, And, and if you, if they had slightly more time, they would win. So um, to that point too, though, real fast, there's a lot of hype in this game and it's because of the first game of the year, top five teams rivals historically, the winner and loser of this game doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of the season, right. so to speak. Now it may for individual teams, if they don't respond well mm-hmm. to the loss, I get right. that. Or if they right. get the big head and, and don't play like in practice, like they should uh, from there. So like from the psychological standpoint, absolutely. I, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is each team can afford a loss and maybe another along the way is if things break the right way and they win their conferences at the end of it. So yeah. um, it's a big game but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like pivotal for playoff standing or anything. No, I, I think it's pivotal for a confidence standpoint. You know, I, I think teams can gain a lot of confidence from a win, but I think yeah. these coaches uh, Dabo and Kirby are both uh, good enough to not let a loss derail the season. So um, that that's my prediction. I, I'm saying Georgia 42 38 um, over Clemson. This is going to be a barn burner. So um, some exciting news uh, that we have, uh, our pod, our podcast is, is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring you some interactive fun to this sport that we love the most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which guess what? It is open to everyone. So Dan, you can uh, run on back to ujsports.com and, and, uh, and, and, and let everybody know here's how it works though. So you got to sign up for our contest, believe football pick'em at playactionpools.com then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a, will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. So again, go to playactionpools.com, sign up for the contest. Believe that's B L E A V football pick them. And if you plan on hosting your own football contests, go to, playactionpools.com today they've got survivor pick them as well and a cool sportsbook style concept called build your bankroll 
So Play Action Pools, your new home for all your office sports pools. Very, very exciting. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to join in on that. I'm going to get me some new kicks, guys. So um, that, that's, that's going to be awesome. But um, y'all want to pick too. some games? <laughs> Let's pick some games. All right. Uh, we're going to start. Um, this one This one out of conference is actually a really interesting spread. Uh, this is a Friday night game. Uh, Virginia Tech hosting North Carolina. Uh, Tech is five-point underdogs at home. Dana, we'll start with you. Who you got? Give me UNC in the points. Uh, experienced quarterback, Heisman guy, experienced head coach and staff. Uh, shout out to John Lilly over at uh, UNC, former Georgia coach, and from anyone that I've ever talked to that has been around that guy says he is the kind of guy you want coaching your kids. So uh, for that reason alone, I'll be rooting for uh, North Carolina, and I think they'll cover. All right, Israel. Most definitely. I'm going with uh, North Carolina, too. Um, funny story about John Lilly, we were going to – I forget where we were going to, and I'm like, Coach, what you listen to? <laughs> nice. Coach Lilly's listening to Tupac on the plane where we're going. So I'm like, okay, I can rock with this guy. That's my man. So Lilly Dog, I'm with you guys. I take. I mean, they got Sam Howell. If you've seen this young man play, he can throw Lilly it. still has an it, active so group text with tight ends from Georgia. Nice. Still. That's cool. Nice. How how can hey, you not go with a guy that, that really has the dope. taste uh, good enough to listen to Tupac? So give me give me the Tar Heels uh, minus five and a half. All right, first SEC game of the year: uh, Tennessee hosting Bowling Green. Is Tennessee thirty five and a half points better than anybody? No, Bowling Green. I'll take the points. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the points. That's a lot of points, man. That is a take lot of points. Green. So, okay. Bowling Green no, ain't bad not. now. They're not bad. They're not a bad football team. But they're not 35 no, points. Not at all. Less not than at all. Uh, Penn State, Wisconsin. That's an interesting one. Uh, Wisconsin, minus five and a half. The home favorites. Uh, that's an 11 a.m. kick on Saturday. Uh, I like the Badgers here. Um, I, I think Graham Mertz is one, you know, one of my favorite quarterbacks outside of the SEC. So I'm, I'm going to take, um, take the Badgers here. I'll also go with the Badgers, and uh, I, I do believe that they're a better team, but also I always see that Madison is up there with Athens in terms of best college towns in the country, and I've never experienced it, so I need to get to Madison and, and do some comparison shopping. There you go. Man, no matter what time it is in Wisconsin, then people are going to be up and partying, baby. So, yeah, I'm taking Wisconsin because you guess what? You got to stop that guy from running the football if you can't do it. It's yeah, going to be a yeah, long, long night. Yeah, long morning, I should well, say. Long day because now. it's 11 a.m. Central. Um, Bama, Miami. Uh, <laughs> Miami is 19 point underdogs. It's a neutral site over under 61 and a half. Um, how do you guys see it, Dane? I'll start with you. I'm going to go with the Canes and the points. And I know that's a little bit of a zig for, for Bama, but, you know, Derek King, experienced quarterback. I think he'll probably manage the offense pretty well. Do you know that he is older than Tua Tungavaloa and he's still in college and Tua is going to his second year of pros, which is just crazy to think about in terms of ages. Um, but then also new quarterback for Bama first stage for him. I think he'll do great, but I, I'll take Miami, but just Bama's going to win the game, but Miami's going to keep it closer than what that point spread is. Israel. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm, I'm going to take Miami. Um, don't sleep on Miami now. That offense is pretty good now. 
Um, I think they're kind of figuring everything out from that tumultuous season a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm liking Miami to keep it close. I think I'm going to yeah. think Bama pulls it out just because it's Bama. Um, but I think uh, yeah, I think Bama's going to win it. You know, I think it's going to be a two touchdown. I think it's going to be a 14 to 17 point game. Um, Bama in Bama's favor. There's just Bama's just replacing too much. Usually in an opener, uh, in a national TV neutral site opener, I would take Bama to roll, like to double up the point spread, but not this year. They're replacing too much. So I'm, I'm going to take the points in Miami. Um, Scary thing about Bama though, this year is from what I've heard from the people that, that I talked to, their defense is probably better than it's been in the last three years. So that's Bama scary. may not be in as many shootouts because the defense, especially linebackers are yeah. stout. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Henry Toto is, is not even the best one on the, on the field. And that's, that's scary. Um, we, we, we just picked Georgia Clemson. Um, that's actually Clemson is three point favorites. Um, in Charlotte there. So we already picked them. I'm picking Georgia plus three. So is Israel. And it looks like Dane, you went with Clemson. Uh, let's look at LSU, UCLA, UCLA. Um, they are, uh, they're getting a lot of love um, in, in the PAC 12. They are actually picked to, to, to win the PAC 12 South division. A lot of people like them to do that with all the experience they have coming back and the returning starters. They host LSU at the Rose bowl. LSU is three point favorites on the road. Israel, I'll start with you, man. How do you see this one? Mm. After watching UCLA last week against Hawaii, now not taking anything from Hawaii, but UCLA looked really good. They can run the football, they can throw the football. And now we all know how Chip Kelly is. Chip Kelly now has guys he's recruited. He's kind of established what he wants at UCLA. And you see they've gotten better. So if LSU comes out like they came out last year, UCLA is going to put a tough on. I'm going to so go LSU to, to cover. I think it'll be a close game. LSU has offensive line issues. Uh, some some guys transferred out, and I think some got kicked off the team as well. LSU um, is three point favorites on the road. Yeah, well, I I think that they'll cover that. You think they'll I mean, cover that? Okay. Not by a lot, but I, I think yeah. LSU will cover it. Um, and just overall, they have more talent than, than UCLA. Here's a fun stat for you. I threw this one on Twitter that you probably didn't read as well, Corey. So with the news at South Carolina, with their starting quarterback situation, uh, going to the GA <laughs> during oh QB1. Oh, and my then, God. That's and it. then Max I Johnson. Two SEC starting quarterbacks played at Oconee County High School in here in Georgia. Wow. In the SEC, only one starting quarterback is from the state of Florida. So Oconee County, Georgia, two, state of Florida, one for starting quarterbacks in the SEC. And that's only because Tennessee named <laughs> their transfer things. Uh, he came from Michigan. They, yeah. they named uh, a Florida native as their starting quarterback. Otherwise, it would have been zero. Wow. Three California starting quarterbacks, three from Georgia, two Mississippi, I think two from Texas. And then there's a couple ones uh, down below that guy from Connecticut, I think is at Kentucky, something like that. Yeah. Will Levis. Yeah. That's insane. Only one from the state of Florida. Yeah. Wow. And Oconee County is a three, a school two from two from basically Athens or Watkinsville. So that's crazy. Um, um, I'm taking, well, actually, you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm it's crazy. very tempting to pick LSU, but I just think their, their offensive line, that's the part that really scares me. So I, I think UCLA is going to win and cover at home. It's a West coast game. Those games are tricky. 
Um, UCLA, yeah. they're they're rolling right now. That this is what a Chip Kelly offense is supposed to look like. So I think you're going to see it again uh, this week. Wonky week for LSU too because they've been mm-hmm. in Houston um, mm-hmm. as the hurricane, uh, you know, hit Louisiana. So yeah. they they've been away from home for a while. Yeah. Well, let's look at uh, FSU Notre Dame. FSU is is a team that many are saying that are much much improved. Uh, they host Notre Dame um, on Sunday. They are seven and a half point underdogs uh, against Notre Dame. How do you see that one playing? I think Notre Dame's got more talent overall. I know Florida State is trying to make the comeback. I just don't see it happening quite yet. I would say Irish by something around 10 points. Israel? He may have popped off with this connection. Ah, so I I think the Irish are going to roll. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be, this is a tough game to start out with. This is, this has got to be Irish blowout here. So, Um, and then the last one, I'm pretty sure Israel would have picked Notre Dame too. I'm going to pick for him. Um, Last one, um, Labor Day night game, Ole Miss hosting Louisville. Um, 11 and 11 point favorites, uh, for the, for the rebels, uh, Matt Corral, best quarter, um, first team, all sec quarterback had a, you know, led the conference in passing last year. One of your, one of your California natives starting at quarterback. Um, I like the Rebs. I like the Rebs in a blowout here. What do you think, Dane? I want to know what the over under is for total points in this game. Cause it I could 75 and a half. Ooh. 75 and a half. Take the over. Yeah, <laughs> if, if Ole Miss's defense is like it was last year, which definitely. I think Lane Kiffin says it's a little bit better. Um, Georgia folks out there, watch out for Otis Reese over there. I, I think he's in the, Reese, yeah. the the starting lineup. Leesburg, Georgia, shout out yeah. down uh, toward uh, Israel's way. The, the the guy I host uh, SEC After Dark with, uh, he 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 also hosts the Palmcast, which is uh, on Willis Digital Media. Um, There's a positively Ole Miss. Uh, podcast and and uh you know that that's all that you know he's like that's the biggest that's the that's the player of the year on their defense is, is otis reese they <laughs> really excited about him hey he's a good athlete and yes. you know georgia probably could have used him based yeah. on some of the depth issues yeah. that happen but he, he fits such right as in the way in, in transfer yeah. portal life I, I think for all it was, it was good for otis to get there i agree with you Ole Miss. Uh, i would take them to, to win in a blowout louisville has really fallen hard um, in, in recent years. And I, I think that they thought that they had a coach in Satterfield, that would be able to, to flip it around and it just hasn't happened that way. And right. I don't know if that's because of whatever Bobby Petrino over. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. Which, yeah. Satterfield has, has a project on his hands. So, um, there, there's a tweet about Bobby Petrino that came from one of his former Louisville players that I, I literally think about it about once a month and just giggle to myself. One of his former players, this was during uh, a lot of the racial unrest in America last year. Yeah. <laughs> he tweeted out, he said, uh, I, I knew Bobby Petrino wasn't racist because that guy hated everybody. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so true too. That, that is, that is pure yeah. facts. Well, and well, I, was that, like, I could totally see that being the case that like, he's the most unapproachable human in, in yeah. all of sports. I mean, when he left uh, just, the Falcons, it was a wonderful... man, when he left the Falcons, he just left a note on everybody's stool saying, Hey, I'm gone. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, some people like, are like that. He won a lot of college football games and there's a lot of people in Arkansas that wishes he didn't get on a motorcycle. So yeah, I guess it's, you I never guess know. A, a dirt bag. I, I'm glad if I'm Arkansas fan, I'm glad uh, to trade Sam Pittman for him. Even if I had to go through uh, Burt Bielema and, and uh, 
Chad Morris to, to go. Dude, I don't know if anyone wants to go through Chad Morris. Like there, there's some selling your soul. I mean, good to get on the other side to Pittman, but yeah, that Chad Morris era was pretty rough. That pretty rough is being nice about it. But uh well, Dane, um, before we let you go, man, uh what, what what's coming up on, on UGA Sports this week? Well, long game week. So uh, obviously we had our interview with Kirk Herb Street. Uh that is on our YouTube channel. Just search UGA Sports on YouTube. It's on our podcast feeds as well. Uh, UGA Sports Live is that feed wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it may be. And then we get into to game week here. Georgia leaves on Friday. We have the game on Saturday. We'll have a watch-along show during the game on that same YouTube channel. So if you want to hear Jim Donnan's real-time commentary about what's going on in the game, we'll have him and myself. And then Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus will be there as well. Uh, just giving you kind of, it's a bit of a Georgia Homer broadcast, I would say, in the sense that we talk about Georgia more than we will Clemson. Uh, but we give you objective uh, analysis as well. And then on ugasports.com, probably one of our most popular pieces, Film Don't Lie. It's where we break down what you may have not seen uh, in the game on Saturday. That'll publish sometime on Sunday. So it'll be a busy weekend, the one that we're all looking forward to, just like everyone in the, in the fan base. And, you know, part of this is uh, whether Georgia wins or loses, we have work to do. And our go. board will be either happy or it will be depressed. And our work they're, continues, by the way. They're generally happy being depressed uh, is kind of what I gather from y'all's boards. Um, so there's, there's a fear. I don't know if it's a healthy fear, but there's a fear. Yeah, well, th- there's definitely a fear. There's always a fear. There's always somebody out there going, oh, God, the sky's falling. Oh, we threw an incomplete pass. Oh, no. It, it comes with the passion for the sport. And, and like yeah, I no about that sometimes because it's crazy, but we really do uh, have so much love for the people that oh, yeah. we do at UGA sports.com. Yeah. It's the most passionate fan base of, of Georgia people. Uh, they help each other out in all different kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. They're crazy. Don't get me wrong. It's a ridiculous place. Uh, but one that, yeah. you know, I felt right at home and really fortunate to, to be there. You're the, uh, well, actually Roddy's the leader of the pack there. He's the leader of the uh, asylum, I guess. Right. Um, I'm just one of Roddy's minions. Yeah, you're just, <laughs> you're just as uh you're just his number one uh, henchman. Right. So, yeah. uh, well, Dane, I appreciate you coming on at Dane young, uh, follow him on Twitter. You can see all these tweets that I have yet to catch up on. I will have to go do some catching up myself. Uh, UGASports.com, the best 10 bucks a month you'll spend on a subscription. And of course, you can follow them and you can follow us right here on this show. Um, if you're needing to stack some content, some Georgia content, uh, listen to us, then watch the watch along show. And then after the game, read film, don't lie. That would be a great progression of Georgia content right there. And then uh, you can read along with uh, with all the, the the interesting stuff that goes on on the message board. So um, you can follow us right here. We are the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Also uh, coming to you on on video from Brinks TV on our YouTube channel, uh, and we are also simulcast on the uh, Believe uh, Network uh, YouTube channel as well. Uh, please subscribe, comment. Uh, give us a rating. Uh, however you like to listen to us, we appreciate it. Again, uh, we can't do it without you sharing. So uh, share it all there. All our social information is uh, scrolling on the bottom. Uh, so catch us there. But uh, for uh, Dane Young and Israel Troop, who uh, I guess his internet connection went down with the storm. Uh, I am Corey Burton. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag and playactionpools.com. So long, see you later, and of course, go dogs.
I appreciate Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.